excited to be in the Williams Center. I was just in Tennessee yesterday and uh, flew in last night at 11.30, Pastor Fernando. You know you're at a men's conference in the South when one of the prizes is a shotgun. I don't know if we can do that in New Jersey, but it, that was a manly event right there, sir. That was manly. It was good. You doing good? You know, about 10 years ago, somewhere in that zone, eight years ago, there was about 170 of us gathered here, one service, and I told our church, I see this place full. The only thing I didn't say was I see it full four times. This morning, 8.30 was full. We're always already asking people to shimmy. The next service is gonna be full. The next service is gonna be full. We're gonna have a fifth. The next service is gonna be full. The next service is gonna be full. <laughs> How we know we're a church that's always too small? How was parking this morning? I heard there were some problems. I heard some of you weren't acting like Christians. That's, it. That's just the rumor on the street. I'm not gonna tell the Lord, but He already knows. <laughs> hey, next, um, this Thursday, someone say this Thursday. It is our Believe and Build event. And what that is, it's not for really new people. It's for those people who call Church Alive their home that wanna invest and sow seeds so that the next building, you're a part of that next building. And we are seeing through and seeing past this building by faith. We know God has more for us. We know God is going to strengthen. We know God's gonna grow our church. And it's simply an opportunity to come and hear about the vision of the church and then pray about what is your role as a family, as a single person, whatever that looks like over and above regular giving. We'll feed you. It'll be a great night. It'll be inspiring. It'll be worship. The presence of God will be there. I always notice that those type of nights have incredible faith to it. And so if you want to be a part of that, uh, you can do that. So do that. Let's read this passage of Scripture, Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3 verse 16 says this, I pray, Paul speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, I pray that out of His glorious riches, someone say glorious riches, He may strengthen you. Someone say strengthen me. He may strengthen you, strengthen me with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to Him who's able to do immeasurably or exceedingly abundantly more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I thank You. I thank You for every man, every woman within the sound of my voice today. Those who are new, those who've been around a long time, God, You know every age and stage of life, every teenager, young man, young woman in their 20s, 30s, all the way up, oh God. God, you know them, you love them. So I pray for them today. I pray for the purpose you have for them today. Their individual families, their generations that would flow from this place. I pray for them today that your love would touch them and strengthen them. And I pray for us today that this 
this community that calls Church Alive home, I pray that our love would increase, it would abound, it would be established in the love of God. God, I pray it increase and flow over even more. I ask you to move Holy Spirit, heal someone in their body and heal a mind and heal a spirit. Touch someone who might be discouraged or just seem to lack faith or struggling with doubt. Lord, lift someone's heaviness of spirit, Lord, in Jesus' Name. I declare your blessing over your people now that they might walk out of this place, Lord, stronger and more effective than ever before. Come on, pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus. Come on, say it out loud. Say, Jesus. Speak to my heart. Change my life. Thank you for loving me so much to make me, to draw me near. Open my eyes. Open my ears. Open my heart. In your mighty name I pray. And come on, can we give the Lord a hand in the house of God? Come on, just for a moment. Come on, can we thank God for all He's done? Can we thank God for this location? Can we thank God for what He's gonna do? In Jesus' name. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're good looking and people like you. And grab your seat. I do wanna quickly just thank our staff and everyone who serves in any dream team in our church. Can we put our hands together for them? They serve so well, so hard. Serving and loving on our kids, teaching them, security team and all the people make us feel special. Man, appreciate you so much. Uh, couldn't do it without you. One of my kids recently was up on this hill. It snowed about an inch, inch and a half. And um, he was holding, this person I'm gonna say, this person was holding a, a sled, but it only snowed like an inch, inch and a half, and standing at the edge of this hill, and there's trees everywhere, there's rocks everywhere, it's actually really steep, and um, I walk outside, and all of a sudden I see this person, who'll go unnamed, I see this person about to go down a hill, that the best that could have happened was significant bruising and significant pain. Like that was the best case scenario for what was about to happen. Plan B was broken bones. Plan C was hospital or death. Like it was really that bad. I, I, I walked up to this person who will be unnamed. <laughs> might be a guy, might be a girl, don't know. <laughs> but... I was like, what were you thinking? Are you kidding? Did you think? Kind of looked at me and was like, oh, not really. I said, you could have died. Like, and I'm not even slightly exaggerating. Like tree stabbing you in the bottom. Like that wouldn't be a good way to go. You ever hear people say how they'd like to die? Like I'd like to go in my sleep. How about a tree in the bottom? I've never heard anyone say that, ever. <laughs> I'm glad my child didn't walk away and say, he doesn't love me. He hates me. He never wants me to do something fun. He never lets me do what I wanna do. I'm glad he didn't say that. Many times, people from a distance walk away 
from God because they've heard an instruction from God but not understood the heart of God. And what God sees is actually the pain and the process of what could happen to your life. Think about the simplicity for a moment if everyone in the world stopped breaking the 10 commandments. Just, just, just for a day, we just all stopped. No lying, no stealing, no one could steal your money, didn't have to lock your doors, don't have to hide your credit card. Don't, you can have your, your, your wallet in your front pocket, back pocket, wouldn't matter, walk down any street, in any city, in any nation of the world, no one can touch you, no one can hurt you. No adultery, no affairs. No one could sell drugs that day because they actually love people, right? No one, no one could misuse people. No one could manipulate someone. No one could, no one could treat someone badly because of their age or their, their height or their skin color. No one could do any of those things. Why? Because all of a sudden they stopped breaking the law of God. Can you imagine just for a moment how much pain would leave planet Earth? Just for one day. Yet isn't it interesting that many times people blame God for the pain of the world when it is in truth. Many times it is us not listening to God's word, God's instruction, God's law, and God shout, hey, don't go down that snowboard hill. You'll get a tree in the bottom. Sometimes, Describing God feels like explaining the vastness of an ocean to someone who's only seen a bathtub filled with water. But let me try for a moment. We learn in Scripture in Genesis 1 that God is, He is all-powerful. He is the omniscient, the all-knowing, the omnipresent everywhere, the omnipotent, He's he's all-powerful. God is ordered. See this in day one and day two and day three. You see God's structure. God is the great architect. God is an engineer. God is the most brilliant mathematician. God is the greatest chemist. God is the greatest physicist. I dropped physics in 11th grade. I was like, nah, I don't think so. God created not just all of that, but made it and no one had to teach him how to do it. God made it all. God is abundant. God is all creative. He didn't make one fruit. Imagine if God just just gave us bananas. Here, here's your fruit for the eternity, bananas. That's all you get. No kiwis, no peaches, no no passion fruits, no, no apricots or apricots, however you say it. No apples, no pineapples, just one banana, it's all you get. Isn't it cool that God didn't make just one apple, oh sorry, one animal? My, my daughter, she loves the zoo, she's eight years old, she thinks the zoo is one of the greatest places in the world. Others don't really care, but she loves it. She's like, yeah, that's, that's. Like if she could, she'd get a tent stay with the monkeys. Dad, can I have a sleepover? I'll sleep over at the zoo, it'll be a good time. But no, you can't. Well, one day I was making coffee in the morning and, and, and she goes, hey Google. Anyone do that in the morning? Hey Siri, hey Google. 
Well, anyway, she goes, hey, Google, can I see the cutest top 10 animals in the world? And one of them popped up on the screen. It's called the pygmy marmoset. And, and, and look at this guy. Top 10 cutest animal in the world, supposedly. It actually can fit in your palm. Isn't that cute? Then I looked at the other top 10 and some of them weren't even in my top 10 at all. I don't know who made this list, but they're not very good at it. But the top, the pygmy marmoset, he made it and it fits in my hand. And then God made the elephant. Like look at, look at this elephant. He's a five-year-old and I guarantee there's a father screaming, what are you doing? There's a mother somewhere going, where is my kid? True story, honest to God, my mother took my self, my sister and my brother to the zoo. I think my brother was four. I might've been maybe nine months old and we're walking around and all of a sudden mom's like, where's, where's Craig? Looking around. And to her horror, she looks in the elephant little enclosure and there's my brother running around between the legs of the elephant. Can you imagine the horror? <laughs> I feel Steve's already having a heart attack on the front row. Like as a parent, you're like, you can't just go, oh, that, well, we'll just, just think about this orderly, would we? No, like, oh my gosh, like do something right now. Like he's in tremendous danger. And it, it, it would actually seem like my mother speaking to a three-year-old, four-year-old, the four-year-old's like, why are you taking him out of the elephant enclosure? Because sometimes when you don't understand the heart of your father, you don't understand the instruction gonna get a good amen. God is relational. God desires family. God made Adam and Eve and He said, I want you to reflect me. I wanna walk with you. I want you to have dominion and, and, and be creative and ordered and structured, but I want you to walk in, in unison with me. God desires family, but here's my main point today is this, and it isn't theologically it will not baffle the theologians in the room, but let me assure you of this, God is love. Three words, God is love. On this first Sunday at the Williams Center, let me just proclaim that God is love. First service, second service, let everything we do, we exist to reach, teach and empower people, but it has to flow from love. We exist to reach people far from God. That's why the church is always too small. We exist though to disciple people, and form people in the character of God and empower people to become all they're called to be. But it has to be out of a heart of love. We want people to live free in Christ, but it has to be out of a heart of love. We want people to transform their world, but it has to be out of a heart of love. We want our kids ministry, kids program to be incredible, our, our fearless ministry, our youth ministry to be incredible, our transformed groups to be incredible, but it has to be out of a heart of love. Can I get a good amen? First John 4, 16 says, God, He is love. It's interesting that He doesn't have love. It isn't just one of His attributes, He literally is love. Like God doesn't have bad days. He doesn't look at people and Tell them they're number one on the parkway. Some of you got that later. 
If, if he's hungry, God doesn't all of a sudden go, oh man, I'm hungry, I'm irritated. No, God is love. God authored love. God is love. Therefore, he defines love. First John 4 says, dear friends, let us love one another for love, it comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is what? God is love. Oswald Chambers, the author of My Utmost for His Highest, one of the highest read devotionals of all time said this, God and love are synonymous. Love is not an attribute of God, it is God. Whatever God is, love is. Have you ever said I love pizza? I got to go to Italy last year and let me tell you, I love, you know what I love more than pizza? Pizza from Italy. Like, I don't know what they do, but it's different than what we do. They, it's fresh, they feed you a lot, it doesn't cost too much, and then you walk out of there going, oh, I feel kinda light. <laughs> Have you noticed in, in an American restaurant, you walk out like, oh, I'm full, oh my gosh, I can't eat for a year. Italy's a little bit different, just like, it, 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 they just keep on feeding you and you walk out and go, oh, I'm actually quite refreshed, we should go get something else to eat. Ever heard someone say, I'm in love? You're like, oh my gosh, I'm so in love. I'm just so in love. Three weeks later, are you still in love? No, I hate him. I hate her. They're the worst. Thankfully, God is not in love with you one moment and then falls out of love. In another moment, God is love. He cannot not love humanity. He cannot not love you. Why? Because God is it. Paul was praying for the church at Ephesus, and I wanna say this, he was praying for the pastors at Ephesus, he was praying for those who serve at Ephesus, he was praying for the disciples at Ephesus, he was praying for those who would come for the church at Ephesus, and he's praying, interestingly enough, he's not praying for the agnostic, the atheist, the one who hates God, he's praying for the Christian that they would understand to a deeper dimension the love of God. Ephesians 3, he says, I pray that you would be established in love. Let me say this to the men, the love of God is not weak, it makes you strong. It heals you, it, it continues to heal you. How many know you can get healed by God, but God will show you at different times you need to get healed again and you need to get restored again. God's love continues to heal. He doesn't just heal one time in, in our spirit, which is salvation. He continues to heal us in our soul, our mind, our imagination, our memory. It's part of the process of God as we walk with God. Because why is the presence of God so important? So that you are not serving God from a distance and feeling like God is barking instructions at you but He is close to you, so when you hear His instructions, you feel His heart. When my daughter is, comes down the stairs at morning time, she'll often just come and just sit on my lap. Just hug her, give her a kiss. I'll say, kiss me. She's like, no. I'm like, you will kiss me. And she still won't do it. No, so I'll kiss her anyway. But. When you understand the love of God, you don't run from God, you run to God. 
you, you run to God, you run to His lap, you bring His your problems. You say, Daddy, my throat is sore. Dad, there's something wrong with my eyes. There's something, man, can you fix me? But so often, if we don't understand the love of God, we think, when, oh man, I messed up, so I better run from God. No, He's the doctor and He has the medicine so that His love can cure you, heal you. Let me say it again, you've been a Christian 10 years and 20 years, like, oh, I, I know the love of God. Unless the love of God is oozing from you. Let me say this, unless the love of God is sometimes oozing from you, there's more for you to know. I was with a man a number of years ago and I hadn't met him yet. This man's life was radically transformed by Christ. He was a man that actually would hurt people and was trying to bring change to a nation that needs change and won't get all the detail of it, but he was invited to a church service, didn't wanna to go to the church service, went to the church service and literally used to hurt people and he used to lead a gang that used to hurt people. He was invited to a church service in India, heard some singing, heard the message, was kinda of like, that's nice, walked out. And as he's walking away from the church service, all of a sudden, the Lord allowed him to see a picture of Jesus on the sky, in the sky, on the cross, with the blood running down from his hands. And he heard an audible voice that said, my son, this is what I've done for you. What will you do for me? And from that day on, a man who literally used to get gangs and hurt people became a proclaimer of the love of Jesus. I got to meet him and as I met him, what was funny, I was in the kitchen, he walked down the stairs because he was staying at the same house I was in and as I was standing in the kitchen, I was doing something, getting food, I literally felt the love of God pass by and then I turned around and watched this man walk away and I hadn't met him yet. He was oozing the love of God. So let me say to the people who love to study the Word of God, unless you're oozing, you got more to grow. I know as a pastor, I can ooze more the love of God. How many can ooze a little better? How many can know when you get out in the parking lot, that's gonna get challenged? But let me tell you, it's time to ooze, Church Alive. It's time to ooze the, yes, you can go ahead. Yes, I'll stand here another 10 minutes and get irritated. Yes, you can go to the restaurants and how many know there's great restaurants in Rutherford Park Ave and you can go to all the restaurants and how many know that when we show up, when Church Alive shows up, love should show up, generosity should show up, friendliness should show up, not rudeness, not ugliness, not I was ahead of you. And how many know this is easy to preach but harder to live? Someone say ooze. Yeah, we're getting somewhere today. This wasn't in the first service, this is good, this is oozing. I feel the love getting increasing and growing in this place. Come on. Hey, hey, hey. Book of Ephesians says, in love he chose us. Chapter one, in chapter two, he, love he saves us. Listen to Ephesians chapter two, verse four but because of His great love for us. This is Paul speaking, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, but because of His what? 
His what? His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Paul called the love of God the great love of God. He called the exceeding riches of His grace. Jeremiah called the love of God the everlasting love of God. The psalmist called the love of God the unfailing love of God. God at its simplicity, a simple message, God loves you, but I believe we can have great faith in the great love of God. Listen to the message translation, Ephesians chapter three, it says it a little bit different. It kind of gives it this poetry to it. it says this, my response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. He says, I ask you to strengthen you by His Spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength, that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite Him in. And I ask Him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Rick Warren Put it this way, he says, God's love is like an ocean. He says, you can see its beginning, but not its end. The first point for us today is the simplicity of this, believe. I wanna stir you to believe that God loves you. I I wanna stir you to believe that God loves you, not just right now, but on Wednesday. I wanna stir you to believe that God loves you in the good times and the bad times. I wanna stir you to believe it, but I want you to think on it more. Uh, This week as I was thinking and praying about, I felt like the Lord stir me to just preach on the love of God and and I just began to kind of, as I was driving my car, just, just remind myself again, God loves me. And isn't it funny if you just tell yourself that, all of a sudden a smile comes to your face, like God loves me. (laughs) You know, (laughs) thinks I'm pretty awesome. No, he, he loves, me and, and, and then he's for me. And the Bible says, blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. The love of God is demonstrated at the cross. It's, it's not this erosexual love. It's not this phileo friendship love. No, it's an eternal love. It's an unchanging love. It is, it is the love that heals a broken heart. It is the love that, that chases you when you hated God, didn't like God, didn't believe in God, still smoking drugs and God's love is chasing you. When God teaches you, God is loving you. When God instructs you, God is loving you. When God uh, rebukes you, God is loving you. In fact, God can't not love you. So the Bible was written from love and in love by love. So when I read the scripture, if you read it with a harshness towards God, it's like, oh, but if you know He loves you, it's like it's written by love, for love, in love. Therefore, it's for me. And even when sometimes I don't understand it, even when sometimes it it seems so luring, I can trust His love. My my wife had an interesting experience many years ago. It was her first day of driving. She's 17 years old, just passed a driver's license test, just got a new car, excited, pumped, says to her girlfriend, hey, come over, we're gonna go to the mall, I don't know, we're gonna do our nails, we're gonna buy some stuff, cool. 
for some reason, as they're getting ready, two of her friends, as they're coming down the stairs, one of them just looks at her and goes, oh, I don't know why I'm just not coming. My wife looks at her like, what are you talking about? We've talked about this for weeks, months. I mean, I just got my license. I just got a new car. We're going to more. What are you doing? She's like, I don't know why. I just don't want to go. I, I don't know. Go on. My wife, first day of driving, drives on Route 21, gets actually into a car accident. The car spins, crashes, and the back of the car where this girl would have been sitting was completely crumpled. My wife and her friend were untouched, but if anyone sat in the back, they'd be dead. The love of God will sometimes even take away from you desires that seem normal and seem like, man, I should be after this. But right now, maybe it's a wrong timing. Maybe it's not the time. This is pre-relationship series, but I remember as a, as a young man, 18, 19, and I was in praise and worship, the presence of the Lord was there and I was praising the Lord and I felt like the Lord instructed me, that's, you can't date that girl. That wasn't what I wanted to hear. I wanted to go down the hill. <laughs> and from afar, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going down the hill. Just because it looks good, feels good, doesn't mean it is good. Remember Samson, the honey was in a dead thing and sometimes God sees the dead thing attached to the honey. And so out of a heart of love, he's saying no, no. Sometimes God's no is better than his yes. You need a no from God sometimes. If I have a faith that has no no's, I'm not sure I have a faith. God's love heals people. God's love stabilizes people. Families need stable people. And God's love stabilizes people. Have you ever noticed that sometimes there's this instability every once in a while in you and you go back to God and say, God, fix me? Have you ever, uh, my kids recently were a little bit sick and, and this happens, I believe, to Christians that have been running the Christian life for a long time and then all of a sudden they get into I'd call it the have-tos. Have to come to church, have to serve, have to go to prayer, have to be in a transformed group. I have to, I have to, I have to. And somehow the have-tos are a symptom that you're actually not feeding on the love of God because you have to do it instead of you get to do it. How many know the motivation is different? Imagine if my wife walked up to me and was like, honey, I, I have to be nice to you, but I don't want to. Oh, I have to. You know what? We have to go on date night because date night leads to great nights. <laughs> I, ha I have to. No, I want her to want to. Right? She wants me to want to. And, and yes, your commitment sometimes to God is good. And yes, your discipline sometimes is good to God. But how many know commitment and discipline are meant to be part of the Christian life, but the at the core of our being is meant to be a fire and that fire is actually a response to the love that we see in Jesus' eyes and the love that we see in Jesus' hands and the love that we see in Jesus' words. For God so loved the world. I was talking to someone recently 
came to Christ as an 18-year-old, leads a church. He's about 44 years old. He said, you know, I found Christ at 18. I felt so enamored by the love of Christ. But he said, man, I don't know if I just went into a religious environment or just had too many have-tos, but somehow I lost it. And he said, and it wasn't until 41 years of age, he's a pastor leading a church, that he said, I really recognize that God truly loved me. Because you can have the love of God and lose the love of God. Revelation chapter two, Jesus is speaking to a church in Revelation chapter two. It's the church of Ephesus actually, if memory serves correctly. And He says to them, you're persevering, you're doing good. You know He says, but you've lost your first love. And then He says this, see how far you've fallen. Why? Because He didn't want them just to do the things out of commitment and discipline. Sometimes love and discipline go together, but let the fire of love burn brighter. Let the fire of loving Jesus burn brighter in this church. But that comes out of a revelation of His love, that if we're established in His love and if we grow deeper into His love, that's why you need worship. You, God, God isn't up in heaven going, I need people to worship me. Super insecure, I need them to tell me how good I am. No, God told us to worship because it does something to us. Now He deserves it, there's no question. He's got all the glory, but it does something to us because when we worship Him, we become more loving. That's why it's dangerous when we disconnect from worship. That's why it's dangerous when we disconnect from the Word because this world is all about luring you to a snow slope with rocks and sticks and say, go fast. And then telling you, don't worry, everything will be okay. The Father is off in the distance sometimes. And He says, what are you doing? What are you doing? I wanna encourage some people in here and you can trust God's heart. Because God is love. Believe that He's loving you. My second thought to you today, even though I've given you a whole bunch of thoughts, but it's simply this, receive the love of God. Matthew chapter seven, verse 11 says this, if you then, though you are evil, Jesus is speaking of the nature of people. He says, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give gifts, good give, good, give good gifts? There you go. It wasn't, it was tough, give good gifts. It wasn't a three Gs in a row. To those who ask Him, what's He saying? What's He saying? He's saying, if you feel dry in the love of God, ask for the love of God. If you feel like your faith is wandering and your faith is weak, ask. He says, ask and keep on asking. I need to keep on growing in the love of God. And I've known the love of God since I was five years old. God radically changed my life at the age of 18. I experienced the love of God, but how many you know I can't just stay at the experience of an 18 year old, I'm 46 now. I know I look 29, but I'm 46. And I need to keep on growing in the love of God. The first service at the Williams Center, let our hearts just believe again and receive again that God loves us, that Jesus loves us. Can I get a good amen? Doing the right things out of duty and reverence and commitment isn't bad. 
But at the heart of the Christian life that is available is a deep, passionate, committed, thankful love. 2 Corinthians 13, 14, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. For some of you today, God's instructions feel like shouting from a distance and you're kind of like, well, how come that's instruction? But I'd encourage you to get close to His heart. You'll eventually understand His instructions because He looks from an eternal perspective, not a worldly perspective. I was with my kids recently and I'd been teaching them obviously since they're young. How do you cross the road? Look left, look right, look left again. Look left, look right, look left again. Did so many times, the three, four, five. Look left, look right, look left again. And then one of my kids just walks through the road. And she was like, what are you doing? And then I was mad at this one. He'll go unnamed. I was, I literally said, I've, I've told you for years, look left, look right, look left. It's what we do. We never cross a road without. And she can mistake my anger. Doesn't, doesn't love me anymore. No, because I love you. I instruct you. I teach you. I encourage you. Coming all across this place, why don't we bow our head? We'll run out of time. God is love. He doesn't have it. It's not tucked away somewhere. His nature, His character is love. When He speaks, it was love. When He instructs, it was love. When He sent His Son, to die a sacrificial death on a cross 2,000 years ago. It was the great demonstration of His incredible, gracious, eternal, everlasting love. Your, per, your circumstances don't have to be perfect to say God loves you. By faith, you can simply look at a cross where a Savior who is perfect died a sacrificial death and out of His words at His worst oozed love but he didn't stay on a Roman cross no he defeated death sin and hell all in one moment at the resurrection where he says I am the resurrection and the life and he says my son my daughter if you're away from me I've already paid the price for you I've paid the price in relationship I've paid the price for sin I've paid the price so that the bridge between God and man can be crossed it is through the man Christ Jesus the God man so all across this place with eyes closed head bowed just in a moment of sincere prayer do you know the love of God have you surrendered to the love of God have you said yes to Jesus? Have you said, Jesus, I'll follow you? Maybe you're here today and you need to wrestle that question further. Maybe you're here today and you need to wrestle that question down to the ground and pray through it and think through it and search through it. And maybe over weeks and months, you could literally say, God, are you real? Jesus, are you real? Reveal yourself to me. But maybe you're here today and your heart's being pulled, your heart's being grabbed to come to God 
So in a simple moment of faith, across this building, we can declare and ask Jesus to come into our heart, to forgive our sin and change our lives. So all across this place, as a church family, can we pray this simple prayer? Say, Jesus, thank You for loving me so much to die for me. I believe You are love. You are Lord. I turn my heart to trust in You, to receive Your forgiveness of my sin. Pour out Your grace upon my life. From this day on, help me follow You. Help me know You. Help me become like You. With eyes closed all across this place, if you made business with God in here, you prayed that prayer with me, would you quickly slip up your hands, slip it up high, just long enough and high enough so I can see it in this place. Thank you. Those young people at the front, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, those guys in the, in the back there. That's awesome today. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, that man over there and that woman over there and that one over there. Praise God for every single hand, every single heart turning to Christ, those in the back and overflow today. Thank you so much. You can put your hand down. Father, I thank you for every hand, every heart. In Jesus' name, bless your people now. Strengthen them. And for those of us who know Christ, those of us who put our faith in Christ, perhaps walking with Christ a long time, why don't we pray this simple prayer? Say, Jesus, center me, establish me on your love in deeper measures. Help me grow in your love continually heal me restore me strengthen me in your love till love oozes out in Jesus name come on if you receive God's word today would you give the Lord a hand in the house of God praise God praise God come on let's give him a hand let's give him a real hand praise God church alive